the there's always time for the drive-through deal because no matter how fast you are at making breakfast mcdonald's is faster start your morning at mcdonald's and enjoy one of our tasty bagel sandwiches for breakfast try the steak egg and cheese bagel or the sausage egg and cheese bagel order ahead on our app and pick it up curbside Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. And you're listening to You're My Best Friend. This is getting really spiritual. You're my best friend. With two of my best friends, Maxia. So we're we're not going to kiss then? I promise you. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Dropping a taco is a national emergency. You, I'm cutting you off. You're listening to You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, friendship, and tacos. Here are your hosts, the industrious Maxia and the amusing Ruben J. Welcome to You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, friendship, and tacos, and uh, this week, the importance of voting. My name is Ruben J. And I'm Moxie M. And Moxie, we have an important show, probably the most important shows that we have ever done in the year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, almost 84 episodes deep, complete with all the mini seasons and the specials that we've done. I think last week's episode, this week's episode, and next week's episode are all going to be pivotal, important episodes uh, and a great way to kind of wrap up uh, 2020 for us. Yeah. Um, these are, I'm honestly kind of excited for these. Uh, it They're very topical to what we're experiencing right now, just our reality. And also, it's really cool to be doing a miniseries. We actually haven't done many of these, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, just the ability to, like, focus in on a couple of things one at a time and really talk in depth about the issues talk in detail do you like um, how, do you like how I as just, much detail as Ruben J will allow what? right I said do you like how I just casually moved all my drugs out of the out of the shot oh yeah I love that um that might have an issue that might have something to do with what we're talking about today absolutely um hold on one second sorry <laughs> I just got a, a message from somebody important. Uh, oh my gosh! And their name rhymes with Donald Ron Pump. Donald Ron. Donald Ron Pump. I don't know. Um, um. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, we're going to jump into today's topics. Uh, just jump right into it. Uh, as you learned last week, uh, the commercials are going to be sporadic throughout the episode. So, might as well just jump into this. Might as well just do it and have fun with it, and 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 inform people the best we can. So this episode of Cast the Vote uh, is talking about why. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cast the Vote? Yeah, the, the actual title of it is Cast the Vote. With, but it's Podcast but, the Vote. But the word pod is in parentheses, so it's silent. Not when you say it out loud. So it's, it's open parenthesis, pod, close parenthesis, Cast the Vote! Do you have to say it like that? Exactly like that. So, open parenthesis, pod, close parenthesis, cast the vote. Exactly, just like that. Except you don't I actually, love it. you don't have to say the word pod. It's just cast the vote. Well, but you said to say it exactly like that. So, which is it? But the parentheses. Let's just jump into this. I don't have the energy to fight with you right now. I never have the energy to fight with you. 
This is true. That's true. That's true. All right. So uh, this week's episode is going to be on why you should be voting, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Actually. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Nice. Nice. Oh, what are you voting for? It's right here. ladies and gentlemen. It's right here on my notes. Literally. <laughs> Staring it's, at him in the face. I, to, to be fair, to be fair, it's on this screen over to my left and not the screen right in front of me. Oh, my goodness, you poor thing. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. I Move your head. I don't know either. Uh, so let's, I know you have something special planned. Uh, because this worked out so well last week. Yeah, uh, it did. Let's do it again. So, Moxie Ann, you are going to take the driver's seat here for, for just a second. Um, what do you what do you have to say? What do you have to say for yourself? What do I have to say to... For, to <laughs> Sorry. What do I have to say to myself? I said for... Uh, I'm pretty sure I said for... Oh, by the way, you know what? I owe you an apology. It's so reminded me at the end of the show that I owe you an apology. Do you really? Yeah, I do. How so? Remind me at the end of the episode. We'll, we'll deal with it then. But why not now? Be- because we are in another segment. But but I don't understand. Just move on, Moxandra. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> uh, the segment that we started last week, and hopefully this will take a little bit less time this week than it did last week because Ruben decided that last week's segment was his shining moment for him to, uh, to talk about all of the issues and everything in depth and people love continue to go on and on. Are you setting ground rules? I am setting ground rules. Are you ready for the ground rules? Just remember much like the, uh, Commission for Presidential Debates, I have the power to mute everyone's microphone. Just just keep that that in mind. That is not what happened, although maybe it should have happened. It will happen uh, on my end, so just keep that in mind as you make your uh, your points and as you begin to move forward. But hey, you know what? Real quick, before we jump into this, I do want to just let people know that we do have an Amazon link available um, in the description down below. So if you want to support the show, head over to Amazon, to our Amazon link down below, click the link, start your shopping, buy whatever, whatever you want, like literally whatever you want. If you're buying coffee, if you're buying uh, chocolate for your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your man friend or your man friend's friend or your girlfriend's friend or whatever. Uh, whatever Which one of those is Brad Brad's, for you? Brad's all of them. Oh, he is all of them. Um, <laughs> and so uh, by doing so, by clicking that link, uh, you will get a percentage or we will get a percentage of what you spend uh, to help support the podcast. I think right now, I think we're up to like $30 in Amazon, uh, Amazon money, which is great, which is wonderful. Uh, we, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the help. And also head over to tinyurl.com forward slash shop best friends to purchase our and tacos t-shirt. Uh, because why not? It's a great t-shirt. It's a great message. It's a message we can all get behind here in 2020 about which tacos we want to get, which is all the tacos. We don't discriminate against tacos. All that information is in the description down below. So make sure to click that. Uh, Moxie, did you get my message in the chat? I did. Good. Awesome. All right, cool. Oh, you didn't. You did not. So let's keep, let me keep talking then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. 
All right, cool. Go for it. Let's do this. All righty. So ground rules. Ruben, if you talk for more than a minute, you'll be cut off. You ready? By who? Me. I'll just scream over you. Do you do until... we, do we want to tell the people this? I mean, do we want to show the people how this looks like? Yes, exactly. Let's let's do it. Okay. Okay, so ready? so ask me an asinine question and I will I will go on and on and on about it. Okay. Uh Ruben, why do you think that the common Northern American badger is the best candidate running for president in 2022? What the hell is a common North American badger? You said to ask you an asinine question. Yeah, but something I would actually know about, not some stupid animal that I've never heard of. Excuse me, the common North American badger is not stupid. Well, apparently it's common, so that means it's stupid. You're not stupid. Wait. <laughs> Thank You're you. Stupid. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Uh, Moxian <laughs> just told me that I am not stupid, and it might have been a Freudian slip uh, or whatever. Freudian? Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, like I said, like I like to say, I am nothing but if not inconsistent, um, and I'm I'm going on and on, and she still hasn't cut me ah! off. So, okay, Michael Scott, that worked actually. I kind of did. All right, let's do this. That was kind of satisfying. <laughs> You'll never be satisfied. Okay, stop it. Uh, dollar in the jar. Because you won't push the button for yourself. Okay, so dollar in the jar. We took to Instagram again this week. We did, uh, and by we I mean me. Okay. Um, and asked you folks a couple of questions. You folks. Um, you folks. And if you did not see the story on my uh, Instagram story, be sure to follow the podcast at Best Friend Podcast on Instagram. That's where we ask these kinds of questions. Uh, and follow us on uh, – so follow us on Best Friend Podcast and also follow my personal account because I ask a lot on my personal account as well. Um, it's at Moxie and Music. So the first question I asked today is, what is the most important issue to you in this election? So some of these answers are interesting. I got, I feel like I got more answers that were more generic last week. The first answer I got to what is the most important issue to you in this election is the economy and reopening our country. Amen. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with whoever that is. We need to get back to work. All right. Uh, political correctness. <laughs> So these are, these are, and again, these are issues that are important to these people. Um, how to deal with the virus. Can we, can we go back to political correctness here real quick? And I just want to ask this person, what, what real, realistically, what is political correctness? Because I think I personally believe that p political correctness is just virtue signaling. And I think it's just people uh, pretending to be polite because what happens behind closed doors is, is really not what you think it is. It's not polished up in front of people, you know, up on stage. Um, and I can talk about this late, you know, in depth at another time. Uh, but you know, just understand that what happens behind closed doors is not politically correct ever. Mm. Yeah. There's a, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Patton Oswalt. He, uh, he has a skit where he talks about, 
um, how you can hide your true feelings behind a veil of political correctness. And it'll sound like you're super, you know, affirming with what, which, whichever side you're trying to do. Um, but actually you could be saying like the worst possible thing and oh, just yeah. be, yeah. 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 And I actually, right. I, I find when, when people speak political, you know, speak PC positive is what I'm going to call it. It tends to be usually asinine to the people that they're talking, like, like they don't want to say certain things because it's politically incorrect, but the politically correct version is worse most times than the PC version. Ah! Oh, you you were done. Okay. <sighs> Next. Okay. Uh, we had how to deal with the virus. Uh, and then after that, we have taco availability. I mean, in Los, we live in Los Angeles, so we don't have issues with the taco portion yeah. of it, but we do have issues on how to deal with the virus. <laughs> <laughs> that actually reminds me of a meme that one of our uh, friends in our Facebook group posted late, late last night. Um, make sure to go check out our Facebook group. It's Life Friendship Tacos and on uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Life Friendship Tacos. Just go on Facebook and search for Life Friendship Tacos. Or just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Life Friendship Tacos. Do you like how many links I've had memorized right now? Yeah, it's a little scary. It is. Okay, next <laughs> It's scary what my brain memorizes. Treating people like actual humans as opposed to treating them like the common northern badger. I don't, I don't understand what that means. Like... What? Climate change slash environment. I I mean, yes, it's important, but you know there there's a, there was a study that recently came out that showed that even if we did everything to become carbon neutral, it would like lower the lower the global temperature by like point one degrees Celsius. So it doesn't really make a difference. I think it's important to remember that in the nineties, the thing we were scared of was global cooling. And I've talked to my mom about this, actually. I've been like, Mom, aren't you scared? And she's like, well, in the 90s, they were telling us that there was going to be another ice age and that we were all going to die because the earth froze over. So I'm really fine. <laughs> you know, I'd actually, I'd actually be okay with some chilling right now because you, know you know how I am. I like it cold. Um, so I'd be okay with some global chilling. I would be totally okay with that. Um, hopefully we'll swing that way soon. Okay, and then the last two answers, we have uh, two that are very different. The first one is fact over corruption and cover-ups for corruption. Well, hold on. Fact over corruption? Yeah. What does that mean? Truth over facts. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand. Like, if the person who answered, answered that listens to this or watches this video, could you please message me directly and let me know what you mean by fact over corruption? Because... The irony is, is right now one of the one of the two major candidates is actually in a ma major corruption scandal, and none of the news outlets are willing to to present the facts. So, uh, would be would be nice when when you know the other candidate was under investigation based off of fake, literally fake documents and fake news and a fake investigation. So it'd be nice to know exactly what you meant by uh, fact over corruption. Hmm. Good what, questions, Ruben. Yeah. What was what was the other one? Uh, the other one is there's people that still want to vote for Trump, even though he's a terrible human being, let alone leader. Um, 
listen, it's America. People can vote for whoever whomever they'd like. Um, like literally, there was the governor of I want to say not Minnesota, Larry Hogan. I just remember his name. His name is Larry Hogan. He wrote in Ronald Reagan as oh my as as his, his his vote. Which first of all, I'm like, you literally threw away your vote. Like yeah. you literally did that. Like I'm all for, like, if you really want to vote third party, vote third party. I'm not going to sit here and judge you for it. I think it's a stupid thing, especially in this election to vote third party, especially yeah. if you're trying to send a message, but to write in somebody who's dead, literally. I think, I, it's like the most, and honestly, I think that this is something people on both sides would agree with. I've seen friends of both sides posting about this saying like voting for a non-candidate is pretty much the most privileged thing that you can do. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. Um, speaking of somebody, I mean, speaking of somebody who doesn't come from privilege, I, I don't think that voting for a non-candidate is a privileged thing to do since it's, since it's your right to do. Um, I, I just think it's a stupid thing to do. I think it's an ill-informed thing to do. I think it's literally, it's literally throwing away your vote, which is which is your right. You have the right to do it, but like, really, why take the time to fill out a ballot if you're just gonna throw away your vote? Well, it's like. It just uh, there are so many things in the current day and age that remind me of this quote from Hamilton, which is Hamilton. I can't, I can't believe you'd let your ideals blind you to reality. Like it's great to it's it's awesome to vote for somebody who you believe in. It's not necessarily awesome if that vote goes to like like say you want to like you hate Trump but you can't vote for Biden. So you vote for somebody else. The election swings and the majority goes to Trump. So Trump wins anyway. Like, well, well, even though you were anti-Trump. Let's, let's be clear. Trump is not going to get the popular vote. Let's just make that, let's make that thing very clear right now. Trump is not winning the popular vote. There's, yeah. there's literally no way in hell uh, that, that Trump is going to be able to get the popular vote. There, there's no way in hell. There's no way there's, but even still, I, would, I mean, I'd be willing to put money on on the fact that Trump is not going to get the popular vote. But I know what you mean. He's he he definitely has a path to winning the electoral vote, which is what the one that matters. But he's not going to he's not going to win the the popular vote. <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have uh, one more question in the what category, uh, and that question is, what is the most challenging challenge? <laughs> <laughs> what Joe Biden uh, are you there <laughs> what is the most challenging issue facing our country and on the bottom I put wrong answers only oh geez okay which <laughs> this will be fun this will be fun but okay yeah yeah actually, so I'm just, I'm just gonna assume every answer is sarcastically wrong it's actually not okay well it's funny because the person who responded with a wrong answer to the last one, responded to this one with moral absolutism. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, I know words. I know a lot of words, big, beautiful words. I don't know what moral absolutism means. Absolutism? You know what absolutism means? No, I'm Googling it right now. Absolutism is essentially like the belief in the absolutism of something so if you were to say that uh like the concept of absolute truth um 
the idea that there's not, you know, regardless of like one person's truth or another person's truth, like there is one truth that will always be true. That's absolutely true. No matter like, no matter what. So the, the concept of moral absolutism is that, but with morality. So I'm, I'm going to take over the screen here again for a second. Uh, and okay, can, well, you have one minute and can you, uh, reread that message I sent you earlier. Uh, but as far as moral absolutism, listen, morality in America, especially isn't really something that, uh, there is one absolute thing that is moral or not moral because everybody has a different belief system. And if like, trust me, I, I wish that there was a thing called moral absolutism. The problem is, uh, that everybody is vested in somebody different for different reasons. And so the problem that I'm seeing a lot of times right now is that we have a lot of people who on one side, like perfect example, perfect example. Four years ago, Obama uh, nominated, uh, what's his name? Merrick Garland uh, for the Supreme Court. And, and the Republicans said, no, it's an election year. We're not going to vote. We don't want to do the hearing. And I said back then, you know what? I'm like, listen, that's that's the, literally their right not to listen to that. But they should at least ah! they should at least have the hearing. Ah! They should at least have the hearing. Ah! Stop. Ah! Uh, <laughs> they should at least have the hearing and vote them down. Now here we are, four years later. Uh, you know, Ruth Ginsburg passes away in the, in an election year, uh, and they are they are cramming through uh, a really qualified justice, potential justice, in Amy Comey Barrett, uh, and they literally have like the Democrats literally have every right to be pissed off right now to a certain degree because their guy wasn't able to be wasn't able to be given a chance to have a hearing. But at the same time, like the point being, I, I don't want to go into too much detail on this. The point being that neither side will stick to an absolute, even in their truth, even in what they believed at the time was their truth. Flip, you know, flip the situation and they're going to flip along with it. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Lack, the lack thereof in the American political game. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Uh, next we have... Healthcare, uh, and again, this is supposed to be what is the most challenging issue facing our country? Wrong answers. Wrong only. answers only. Uh, so, you know what? I I would say this. I I will say, I do believe that healthcare really isn't the issue. It's the underlying health of the American people. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't. I don't think that it's the American government's job to provide health insurance to people. I think it's the American government's job to provide better health guidelines for American companies to provide healthier food, to get kids exercising better, uh, get kids off their computers and their, and their game boys and their dial up internets uh, and get them out and active and get Americans healthier across the board, which which across the board will lower healthcare costs, making healthcare more affordable for everybody, making insurance costs go down. And then, then you tackle the healthcare side of it, which is making prices, you know, 
upfront pricing, competitive insurances, blah, 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 blah. But the problem needs to be handled, which is the, the overall health of the people. One of the, yeah, one of the issues with the society currently is that um, we are a free country. That means that, I mean, capitalism is a great society. Like it creates a lot of freedom. It allows people to do, say, think, eat, whatever they want. Yeah, And absolutely. that's awesome. But the problem is when you have a society that encourages uh, multiple different levels of unhealth in different areas, you get a mess like this where people aren't taught healthy habits, where they're not taught to take care of themselves and they're not taught to like um, monitor themselves. Yeah. They're let's, not, yeah. Let me, and let so me. you get a society where people aren't, aren't self-managing and then they're able to do anything. Absolutely. I have, sorry, I didn't mean to switch the camera on you. Um, but let, let me put it this way. I grew up in a very unhealthy home. Okay. Um, my mom did not force us to eat vegetables. She did not force me to exercise. Uh, most of our meals from the time that I was like nine till the time that I was like 15, four times out of the week, we were going out to eat, you mm -hmm. know? And it wasn't like going out to like a nice restaurant like Sizzlers and getting like a steak or a chicken or something. You know, it's like going to like the local hole in the wall place and getting a double chili cheeseburger with extra chili, you know, and which I love. And I love chili cheeseburgers. Like, don't get me like, look at me, look at me. Okay. It, it isn't the responsibility. Don't, don't, that was a little creepy. It isn't, <laughs> it isn't Moxie's responsibility as somebody who is relatively healthy, whose family probably ate healthier, who at least encouraged you know, I, I don't know her family. I know her family well, but I don't know them that well to know what their dietary, you know, uh, intake is. But it isn't her family's responsibility to pay my medical bills, you know? And it isn't, isn't her responsibility because I decided over the last 10 years of my life to continue the unhealthy habits for her to have to pay for my mistakes and my, my, my inability to change. I think that if I would have been healthier altogether different story. I, I, I would be sitting here probably saying, you know what? I still don't think that it's her responsibility to pay for my health care or my, you know, my bad choices, but at least I'm healthy and can afford or, or not have to worry about going to the doctor as often as I do now to make sure that I'm still alive. Yeah. And here's where you get into some of those trickier issues as well, because I think there would be other things that come up with that. Like that, what you're saying is good, but there are people who would say, oh, well, you know, race comes into that. Uh, social inequality comes into that. Wealth inequality comes into that as well. And kind of the foundation of the country is that no one should have to do like no one should have to pay for somebody else. Um, regardless of any of that. And some of the issues that we're facing arise because people want to start taking wealth inequality, racial inequality, social inequality into account in the way we attack those things. So that's, you know, that's the root of some of these issues. Uh, let's keep going because we are not moving very fast. I know, we're okay. just as slow as last week. Okay, not taking responsibility, therefore blaming others instead of helping make change. Um. I, I will deflect uh, responsibility of that to you. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I think both parties um, play a lot of whataboutism. And yeah. I think that both parties need to stop. I think yeah. I think everybody needs to take responsibility for their action or or inaction and, and grow the F up. 
the funny part is the next person said probably the the division and battle of quote you're corrupt quote no you're corrupt which is exactly <laughs> you know i think a lot of people are fed up with the same thing um yeah uh the next person said the media antifa blm those uh, are some i i would go with the media honestly yeah, I, I think the media is a bigger issue because I feel like a lot of the stuff, especially over the summer that happened, would not have been blown so out of proportion if the media would have been more responsible. Honestly, I it's hard because it's a free country and so they can do whatever they want, but our society just kind of eats up drama. And yeah. so the media companies are catering to it now. Well, um, they can do whatever they want, yes, but at the same time, they have a certain responsibility as journalists uh, that they've really abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's, right. here's a, here's a random side note. Uh, just something for people to think about. Imagine two years from now, if Trump is not president, um, I guarantee you cable news viewership is going to be in the toilet. Yeah. I'm guaranteeing you that people aren't going to watch news anymore. They, the thing is, like, the media companies don't want a boring president because it makes for boring news, which makes for less consumption of news. So here, here's so, kind of a funny fact. Um, during, during the Obama era, uh, cable news was, was among some of the lowest watched programming <laughs> on cable. Uh, enter Donald Trump, and Donald Trump literally, literally, Donald Trump literally saved the New York Times. Wow. Subscription for the New York times pre Trump was in the, was in the garbage was in the toilet. They were, they were cutting staff left and right. And they still are, but for different reasons, uh, the day Donald Trump got elected president their um, their subscriptions went through the roof uh, <laughs> and like single handed, like, like they need to give Donald Trump a salesperson of the decade or the <laughs> New York times. All right. And last one is the only person who actually responded to the, uh, wrong answers only part of part of it said this picture so cute and it's uh for anybody who wants to go see it in you know in a while um it's a picture of me when i was about seven years old at nasa in texas and i'm holding a a, a globe over my head wait so the picture is the problem facing our nation I think so. Okay. All right. So let's jump into uh, this picture. <laughs> can't see much of it, but okay. Uh, I know it's hard to focus. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's the camera, not the phone. Uh, let's jump into these issues because we have a couple issues that we want to discuss that are important to us um, and are probably going to out us. Uh, well, at least out you. Uh, more than me, depending on which route you go on this. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm holding my breath, hoping that this is going to be entertaining and not predictable on your end. Uh, but we will see. <laughs> um, so with that being said, uh, what is the first topic that we're going to bring up and discuss probably in seven minutes or less? <laughs> so the first topic that we're going to talk about is uh, going to be court packing. That's something that was brought up in the vice presidential debate. Wasn't really addressed because there wasn't a ton of time there. And I feel like a lot of people actually don't know what it means. Yeah, and I think people who think they know what it means doesn't actually know what it means. And here's kind of the scary part about it. 
uh, all of a sudden court packing, the definition of court packing has uh, been redefined by uh, by certain people in the media. And they've been saying that that Donald Trump has literally packed the court. And it's like, no, he hasn't. He, he has taken advantage of retirements and deaths uh, in, you know, from from justices who sat on on the court. But he hasn't done what is considered court packing up until 2020, which is, you know, when you pack the court, the basic idea is that right now we have nine justices who sit on the court. Uh, Ginsburg just passed away, so there are currently eight. So the idea is you add two or three more to give one party or the other an advantage. Hence, you pack the court. Yeah. Um, I looked up the definition of court packing earlier, and I got a noun in U.S. history, and the definition is an unsuccessful attempt by Franklin Del- Franklin uh, FDR. In Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> him. Franklin Delaney um, Roosevelt. So FDR in 1937 tried to appoint up to six additional justices to the Supreme Court, which had invalidated a number of his New Deal laws. Which would have made it FYI, just FYI. Doing so, isn't it isn't illegal to pack the court as of right now. It is not illegal to do that. Donald Trump, if he wanted to, could get the Senate behind it and at least get it passed through the Senate. It wouldn't pass the House. Uh, but it's it's the right of any lawmaker to propose it. It's not against the law to do so. And if it gets passed, it gets passed. The problem is that the right thing to do would be, let's say you took it from, from nine justices to 11 justices to keep it an odd number to have a tiebreaker. The idea would be that's an additional, what, two justices? Yeah. You would want to add one right-leaning judge and one left-leaning judge to make it even, Right. That's not going to happen. If, if let's let's say theoretically, if Trump proposed to pack the court tomorrow and he got it through Senate and got it through through the House, uh, he would pick two conservative judges, which is his right as as the president. He can do that. And if Joe Biden becomes president uh, and decides to pack the court, he will appoint two liberal judges to get it to 11. Obviously he might even take it even further and do six additional judges to get it to 15. And then you have a super majority of liberal leaning judges, which is not good. You don't want that because what's going to end up happening is you have the judicial branch of the government, which is not supposed to be writing laws. It's supposed to be interpreting the law and like making a decision based off of what the law says. Uh, you could have a, position, a situation where these justices are actually creating law. And I don't care which way you lean, you know, cause if you lean on the left, you might say, Hey, you know what? In 2014, 2015, whenever it was, I think 2013, when the court uh, decided to make gay marriage, the land of the law, that's a great step forward. And Hey, you know what? I have, I have my pride flag right here. Like I, I do support gay people and do support, you know, bisexual people and all that fun stuff. But it isn't the, the the court's job to, to dictate that. So if you sit on the left and it's a, it's a decision that you agree with, hey, yay, you know, a, 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 a court making a law for the left, yeah, that's awesome. Now imagine you're on the left. Donald Trump has what the situation could be in a couple of weeks with Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed. Uh, you have a right-leaning court. The court goes and says, you know what? 
we want to create the law that uh, the border wall is going to go up. You would sit there and be like, no, that's not right. I mean, it is right, but it's not because right leaning, <laughs> but that's a pun. Um, but you got to realize that like the court making these decisions is not the way this was set up. The way our government was set up was you have Congress, which is the legislative branch, which creates the laws. They vote on it. That goes to the executive branch which is the president and the president signs off and executes it. And the judiciary is there in case the law is unconstitutional or a state says, we're not going to enforce this law. The court then says this is either constitutional or not. They don't sit there and write the laws. They shouldn't write the laws. And that's not the way this country should work. And that's the, the risk that we have with either side packing the court. I feel like I just got schooled. <laughs> Did you ever think that you'd get schooled by me? I, you know what, Ruben? I get schooled by you all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how so? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know so, more. Um, last year, Marco Rubio actually planned to propose a new constitutional amendment to permanently limit the Supreme Court to nine justices. Um, there have also been a lot of questions about term limits for the Supreme Court um, because that's an issue as well. Um, court packing came up in the last debate, and it was a question that was refused to be answered by Kamala Harris. Kamala? Is that how you say it? I believe it's pronounced Kamala. Kamala. Yes. Yeah. And so this is a big deal because um, this hasn't been approached since 1937. And FDR lost that battle when he tried to do it in 1937, and we've stuck at nine justices since then. Um, so if, uh, the Biden campaign, if the Biden party, the Biden uh, festival, the Biden, uh, I don't know campaign? if they're, if they're intending to do this, this would be pretty revolutionary for the country. It would be something that most people do not see once in their life. And there are people around who would be seeing it twice in their life. Uh, if it passes, we have a whole new set of problems. <laughs> I believe last time that there was an amendment to the Supreme Court, as far as justices go, I believe it was in the yeah 1869 was the last time the last time that they had changed the court the amount of justices that sit on the court. Um. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, like you want, like, yes, I, I, I'm all in favor for term limits when it comes to like, you know, senators and congressmen and, and, and representatives or whatever. Um, I'm not so much in favor for changing, ch changing the job of, of a, of a Supreme court justice, especially considering that. How would it work? Like, would like would you say, hey, you know what? We're putting term limits in place effective immediately. So if you've been serving over 15 years, that you're going to be forced to resign, giving a president the chance to literally assign five or six judges to a court at one time? Or, you know, is it effective at this point moving forward? You know, once you've reached 10 years from today, then, which would then again make it so that everybody would come to term at the same time unless somebody died in the process, which unfortunately would probably happen. So I don't know how you would do something like a term limits uh, when it comes to the Supreme court. 
Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I think it is a question that has to be asked. That being said, I know that every period of time in our country feels like, oh my gosh, this is such a tumultuous time. We shouldn't make any big life-changing decisions right now. But like, I feel like this time especially shouldn't be the year that we decide to fundamentally change the way our Supreme Court system works. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, Let's just not mess with it for yeah. now. 2020 has been enough. Well, the good thing is it wouldn't happen in 2020. Uh, it would happen True. in 2021, 2022. Uh, but the chances of Biden becoming president and the Democrats taking control of the Senate and retaining control of the House uh, is actually very slim. So yeah. I don't see it happening either way. And if Trump remains president... Uh, I still don't see the Democrats taking control of the Senate and I don't see the Republicans taking control of the house anytime soon. So Trump really isn't going to be able to get much done in his next term as far as the judiciary branch goes, uh, other than probably being able to name two or three more justices to the court, <laughs> uh, which would be historic. Uh, for yeah. him to, to be able to name so many in eight years. Uh, that, w that is really historic. Yeah. So um, let's talk coronavirus now. Um, so I, coronavirus is... I thought we were going to do taxes instead. Oh, sorry, taxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because here's the thing. Like, I, I, think, I, I think that the Trump administration uh, started off responding to the coronavirus um, pretty well. And then somewhere in June, I think Trump got bored and decided to stop caring about the coronavirus <laughs> and, and has kind of botched it since, um, but also allowed the states to make those, a lot of those decisions. So I don't think that, I don't think there's really is an option in the American political system for there to be a top down solution to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, so I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because even if, you know, even if Joe Biden became president tomorrow, you know, we are still a federalist system and the federal government can't come in and say, oh, we're locking down across the board. Um, states like Texas and Tennessee and Florida aren't, aren't going to go for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, and I also I think what's more, what's just as important as, you know, a coronavirus response is what are what is our tax system going to look like in, in four years? Um, right now, there's the Trump Trump tax, you know, tax cuts, I think, expire in six years uh, that. Personally, I saw the biggest return in my life that I've ever had in this last year. Um, I, I see I've seen more money in my paychecks uh, since since the tax Trump uh, since the Trump tax cuts went into effect. Um, so I don't see how people would think that uh, raising taxes would actually be a good idea, even on the the highest earners in our country. Uh, so, but the important thing to to look at right now is the corporate tax. So. Uh, the the Biden administration, I believe, is proposing a twenty eight percent corporate tax. That is huge. Uh, and I believe the current tax rate is twenty six percent. Uh, so so a two percent difference is actually kind of huge, um, especially considering that that's just that's just one of many taxes that that companies have to to pay. That's not. So wait, Ruben, can you explain exactly what the corporate tax is, just briefly? Um. I, I wish I knew exactly what it was uh, because there's so many different forms of taxes that companies have to pay. Uh, I believe this is just, just 
based off the income that you get. So if you make a million dollars, 30, uh, 26% of it is going to the federal government uh, as, it, as a company. So as a company, yeah, not yeah, as, as a, an individual. As an, uh, yeah. So the difference, what, so what that ends up being is that's less money that the company can spend on innovating products, on lowering costs for the consumers, uh, or giving their employees raises. So what we saw across the board when Trump implemented a tax break across the board for both uh, individuals and corporations, we saw a number of corporations give their employees a bonus. AT&T gave a very generous, I think, $1,000 bonus to their wow. employees across the board, no matter where you work, no matter what your job title was, no matter whether you're full-time or part-time, you got a $1,000 um Nice. Uh, a bonus and it was right around the holidays too so it was great timing um walmart increased the wages to their employees um you know so a corporate tax rate is very important to keep it somewhat low because you incentive first of all you incentivize businesses to come in and actually like start like if if we as a podcast had to pay 26 percent of our income it would it would cripple the podcast. Luckily, we are not a corporation, so we don't have to worry about it. But it is it is what are we? We are a podcast. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, we are nothing. Oh, um, but we no. are. Are we dancers or what? What's the song? What? What's the song? There's a song that says we are something. Uh, whatever. We are. Is it dancers? We are the young. No. No. Um, so we are young. Nope. So what we want it, what you want is you want lower corporate taxes. So that way there are more jobs being created and hopefully, uh, employers are passing that on to the, to their employees and passing the savings down to the consumer. So the idea would be if, if a company gets a 6% break in taxes, hopefully you would see either wages across the board increase to a certain degree or prices for the consumer to go down. So you make the cost of business go down, you, you lower the cost of the goods, you, you know, you increase the wages, hopefully. And those are all good things that come with a corporate tax break. Yeah. One of the, um, there are so many benefits that come from smaller government, um, from lower taxes and things like that. I tend to believe the less government, the better. Um, and it's the most commonly used example, but just think with me for a second. Everyone hates going to the DMV. <laughs> Everybody hates it. And I know people say this all the time, but like, actually, this is not a joke. The DMV is a horrific experience. It ruins my entire week when I have to go. And the DMV is controlled by the government. It is owned and operated by the government. Um, in, in most states, there there are a couple states that do have private DMVs. Yeah, but like, and those and those you know. are ran so well, like they're like they're like a Starbucks. <laughs> I haven't been, but I've seen pictures. There are definite downfalls to capitalism. Uh, there are you know upsides and downsides to every system. Um, one of the upsides is capitalism done well is very efficient. Um, it's very good for the citizens and it allows people to prosper. It allows people to be free. Obviously, we've talked about it in this episode. There are downsides to that kind of freedom as well. Um, but the issue with taxes is, you know, exactly like what Ruben was saying, you see things like companies giving their employees larger bonuses, companies upping the pay, you know, giving them a pay raise, um, companies 
who are able to now that they're not being crippled by a huge huge amount of taxes can actually take that money and put it towards something beneficial i think that we as a society tend to see um ceos like bezos and zuckerberg and you know huge people like that that they're just like money grabbing and i'm sure that there are people out there who are money grabbing ceos um but on the other side of the coin, there are large corporations and companies and small businesses who, if they aren't getting hit with such a big tax break, they're going to put that money towards something beneficial that's actually going to help people. And I think Absolutely. especially in the area of like the healthcare industry, um, things like that, when you're not taking money, when when you're encouraging fewer taxes, you're encouraging more income for those specific industries that are dedicating you know everything to actually helping people to um doing research and putting that towards helping people you're going to see a lot more societal change and you're going to see people's lives get better absolutely i agree with that 110 percent i think that people unfortunately rely on on government to solve all the issues when in reality government can't even solve anything Cars. i mean they they, they can't I mean, think about it. How how many times have you turned on the news or opened up a newspaper or gotten a telegram from the New York Times that said, you know, Democrats and Republicans, you know, at a standstill for coronavirus relief? How hard is it to agree that Americans need a couple hundred dollars in their pocket? Yeah. How yeah. hard is it to agree that Americans need money to buy food and- you right now, a lot of them can't work because so many stupid people in government are keeping businesses closed. Well, like, I think like honestly, how- the, the major issue right now is nobody can agree. And this was something that back in the first segment, a lot of people were responding to my story with. I, I don't like. Oh, well, let me let me let me correct that. I don't think it's that they don't that they can't agree. It's that they don't want to look like they're caving into the other side. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's not so much that it's not it's not sitting here and saying, "Hey, listen, I don't think that I should pay for your cup of coffee." And you say, "Oh, no, you should pay for my cup of coffee." It's listen, I want to pay for your cup of coffee, but I can't right now because I can't make it look like I gave into your side yeah. this close to an election. We are a society that has not learned how to compromise. We are a society that has grown into arguments as a way of we're life. spoiled yeah no we're spoiled and i see honestly the fall of rome coming yeah. a little bit <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's kind of sad pride does come before the fall and i do feel i more than ever i feel like like america as a country uh is divided i mean abraham lincoln said it said it best after he quoted the bible you know a house divided cannot stand yeah um you know uh franklin um Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin said, you know, you have a republic if you can keep it. Uh, and yeah. we've, we've proven that we can't keep it anymore. Uh, and I have a yeah. feeling very soon that we're going to have this weird uh, division of states that, you know, they're going to break off. And yeah. it's, it's going to be really weird. It's going to be really weird. And it's going to suck. Yeah, it's going to suck because it, it, what it comes down to is if people could just swallow their pride and put the American people first, we'd be in a much better position. Much yeah, better position. Yeah, I agree. I, I um, think that politicians need to learn to compromise. They need to learn to get stuff done instead of just halting everything. Yep, 
Absolutely. Well, Moxie, I think I think we, we really went in depth on this one. Uh, we we're trying to keep this a little bit shorter than last week's episode because Moxie uh, Moxie has a hot date with um, some paint. And, um, and you have a hot date with my boyfriend. I do. And I'm very excited about it. Um, so, but you know, I, I do want to address one last thing, uh, before we sign off here. And that is, if you're not registered to vote, it's not, it's not a very good thing, uh, <laughs> that you're not registered to vote, but. I will say this. If you're registered to vote and you're informed, go out and vote. Yeah. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. I don't care if you think that Donald Trump is, you know, the second coming of, of, of Ronald Reagan. I don't care if you think that Jordan, Jordan Biden. Wow. (laughs) I don't care if you think that Joe Biden is the best thing since vanilla ice. Uh, Go out and vote. If you are informed. If you haven't taken time to research the issues and the candidates, do me a favor, research before you head to the polls or don't vote. I got into a little bit of an argument with somebody on Facebook the other day who thought that me presenting news articles that are factually correct was spreading propaganda and they tried to shame me for not using the platform that I have to get people to register to vote. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, listen to last week's episode. Well, first of all, listen to last week's episode. And they said, I don't want to listen to propaganda for an hour for you to tell people to vote. I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not my job to tell people to vote. It's not my job. I am. First of all, it shouldn't be the job of anybody to tell other people to vote. Like reporters and musicians. Am I boring you? I'm sorry. No, um, I'm sorry. And entertainers. <laughs> they shouldn't have to tell you to vote. But not only that, girl, we're on Facebook right now. And literally every time you open up Facebook, you get like 47 messages from and, and a phone call from Mark Zuckerberg that says, are you registered to vote yet? Yeah, like, it smacks you in the face. It's really, like, it's not fun. It's, it's annoying. It, you know, if it was a presidential candidate, it'd be it'd be accused of 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 in, inappropriate behavior right now. Uh, <laughs> like, so I don't like. I honestly believe like if you're not registered to vote now by the, by now, you just don't care. And you know yeah. what? I don't want you to vote. So, but if you're registered to vote and you're informed, please go out and vote. Um, and I would take that one step further. If you're not registered to vote, and you just don't care. Don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you don't vote and it doesn't go your way, then you're going to spend the next two or four years complaining about how it didn't go your way. And it's like, dude, get involved. This Mm -hmm. is how our country changes is by people getting involved. And you couldn't do the bare minimum. Literally the bare minimum. And in most states, it's super easy. All you have to do is register to vote and they'll mail you a ballot. Yeah. It's so easy. Like, and in California, like... Usually with absentee ballots, you actually have to pay for postage. With these mail-in ballots, you don't have to pay for postage. <laughs> it's free. You just drop it off in the mailbox. That's awesome. You can just drive to your local you know, election office and hand it into the person in charge. So, I know it's it. really scary and adult, but take this from me. This is how you learn to adult, by voting. So no. go out. No. Go adult. No. Go vote. 
No. Yes. No, I don't agree with yeah. that. Uh, I've been voting since I was 16. What? What? Just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Cast the Vote. Uh, my name is Ruben J. And I'm Moxie Ann. And we are out of time. We will see you guys next week with why you should vote. Why? <laughs> Just Why? <laughs> Why? Why? All right. Bye. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.